Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Hello, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm using a voice because I am sick. <laughs> I am also Russian, apparently. <laughs> well, well, I thought I'm either going to sound like a man or a phone sex operator, or I could be Russian. I'm going to put all an three. Why don't you do all, all three? Here, wait. Hello. This is 900, 900, 9, <laughs> okay. 1, 900. I'm already on this. <laughs> Boobs. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I thought I like boobs. There you go. Four hours of boobs. Okay. Um, we are going to talk about things that aren't related to that. By the way, I'm Chrissy McQueen. <laughs> I like antihistamines. Um, Justin Winters is not on antihistamines, but has plenty of caffeine over here on my left. Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing like a man. And um, Maggie is our special guest on today's podcast. She's laying down in the corner. And she is a dog. She is also a dog. Also a dog? Well, I think of her as a person, but yes. But who was a dog first if she's also a dog? Okay. Welcome Welcome to the podcast. To the big show. And the reason it's a big show uh, actually isn't because we have some sort of fabulous guest on, as per usual. Uh, sorry, Maggie. It's because we are doing a 2010 year in review. Woo-hoo! Yes, we are. We are. And I feel like before we go further, there has to be a little disclaimer. Uh, these are not like what we think are the top 10 movies of 2010, simply because we haven't seen all the movies in 2010. Yours truly, especially. <laughs> but who has? You, I would think, would come close to anybody. Actually, as I looked back at the movies I've seen, I've seen a lot less movies, or I saw a lot less in 2010 than I normally do, so. Well, I feel like we didn't go out to the movies as much this year. Uh, You know, finances were tight, y'all, so we didn't really do that, and we were catching up on movies I hadn't seen from years past. Yes, well, that's the thing. We, the whole second season of this podcast, since June, we had, like, 25 episodes, and... I don't know. We we did I've got quite, the list quite a here. I mean, how many things do we do for this? So I married a movie geek. Uh, well, we got Splice, Hug a Bunch, Teen Wolf, Shawshank Redemption, Blue Lagoon, Inception, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Ghost, Sleepless in Seattle, Earth Girls Are Easy, Risky Business, Cocktail, Point Break, Poltergeist, Savannah Smiles, Jaws. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Holy hell! But I was particularly proud of finally getting you to watch. Die Hard, <laughs> um, Edward Scissorhands, that was a good one. Jaws, um, and then we had like Point Break was really good. Uh, we got your mom on for Heather's, my mom on for Savannah Smiles. Yeah, we did. We had we had quite a few family guests on this. My time. dad on for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh boy, that was a drunk one. What was you, what was your favorite? You think? Well, wait. I have to preface my answer with a question. Okay. Uh, are you asking me what my favorite podcast was to record or what my favorite movie I saw? Um, both, real quick. 
Let me see the po- the post it. <laughs> well, I don't know. My favorite podcast was uh, I think it's the Splice podcast. Splice was a fun one to do. The reason being because it was so crazy and it actually made us want to actually talk about it enough to have a podcast about it. You so. know what? I'm going to say my favorite podcast was. Okay, go. The one that we never actually ended up being able to put on, Footloose. Footloose? Footloose was... You guys, you missed out on Footloose. Footloose was fun to watch, and the first podcast we did was gold. MF and gold. And we couldn't put it up because um, the computer died. And we were so pissed, and we were like, all right, that was really awesome. Do you remember what you talked about? I remember what I talked about. Let's do this again. Well, that's the problem. The second one was, we were just really angry. <laughs> no, but the second one was still funny. Like, it wasn't as funny as the first one, but we had fun with it. And then the computer died again. And then the third time, we lost half of it. it the computer deleted, like, the second half of the podcast, and we so we just never posted the first half. Or no, I'm sorry, the other way around. We lost the first half. And I was like, screw this, I'm done. I was like, we are losers. We've done this three <laughs> times, and we still haven't gotten anything out of it. <laughs> This is so sad, pretty much. <laughs> but that was my favorite one because the I remember the first one we did was really funny well, to us. That doesn't really help people go back and listen to anything. You're right. I totally failed. I'm sorry. The lost you should episode. probably go back and listen to Splice and Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. And as far as um, my favorite movie on the podcast, Inception. How about non-new movie? Oh, Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon? No, I'm kidding. I thought it was Shawshank. No, it's definitely Shawshank. Okay. I'm saying Blue... Uh, no, but that was another good one as far as our podcast, not the movie. Blue Lagoon was a fun one to record. Uh, okay. Yeah. What What did you think of the year of 2010 in film that you saw of it? You know, um, you kept telling me... Because you're, you're a good taskmaster. Master. I don't mean this in um, a derogatory way. I actually enjoy it that you... Because you keep me on track. And you were like, you have to make your list. You have to make your list. Chrissy, have you made your list yet? Well, it's because you are, you know, you will bounce around all, all day long <laughs> if you don't have some kind of structure, especially really when we're do. going over something that's list-related. I'm like one of those kids on Super Nanny where they're basically good kids, but they need boundaries, and Joe Frost is always like, they'll still love you if you give them boundaries. They need boundaries. I need boundaries. Just put them on the naughty mat. <laughs> the naughty step? Naughty stool. Mat, depends, it's, but it depends stool. on what you have in the house, and that. What she turns the into dunce the cap. Put, put the dunce cap. She does cap not on. know. There is no dunce cap involved. But as um, I think, pretty much everybody who knows me well will tell you guys, I lack self control. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. I don't. I'm not like an adventure person. Where like I have no self control, so I'm going to go jump off a cliff. But I have a hard time setting boundaries for myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. I get sidetracked when you're saying things like do your list. And so the point is, I, enough, Jesus, I forgot my point. See, <laughs> and this, this is what, and this is what happens. This is the problem. Oh yeah. So I'm looking at all these lists of things that were released in 2010. And at first I was really disheartened because I, I was like, I haven't seen so many of these movies and I feel like I'm going to do a crap list because <laughs> I haven't seen so many of them, but then it came really easily. It was just kind of like, boom, got it done and done. How long did it take you to do your list? Um, not very long. Not very long at all. You knew? You kind of knew in advance what you liked and what order you liked in? Ordering is almost harder than picking the actual movies. Well, that's the thing. We also, we decided beforehand that we weren't going to have documentaries in our list. So hard. I wanted to have them. Well, I even wrote down all the documentaries that we watched that were really good. I did too. You did? I did. Uh, We finally got around to watching Best Worst Movie. 
Oh, which so it, good. If anyone's ever seen the movie Troll 2 and, you know, delighted in its whatever whatever's going on with it. And <laughs> Craziness. Completely terrible everythingness. Best Worst Movie is a fantastic documentary for, for Troll 2 fans. I made, uh, well, we made Jackie watch it last night, the Troll 2, and then we watched the documentary right afterward. And it's a great double feature. If you have, like, three hours to spare, watch them back to back. And then just the list. Uh, Extra Through the Gift Shop, really good. Inside Job, Gasland, Toolman Story, Babies, the documentary all about babies. That's a really good one. My uh, list is exactly like yours so far, except for that one. Uh, Waiting for Superman. Um... Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work is a documentary all about Joan Rivers. Did you see it? Yeah, it's on Netflix Instant for those people who, it's really good. That's on my list of things I want to see. Smash's Camera uh, was an HBO documentary that was really good. And then um, Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy was a documentary that actually I bought the DVD for. If you're a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, it's it's so good. It's like four hours long. I didn't know that you did this and bought this and like watched it. I had no idea. Well, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about me. Like what? I'm a superhero by night. What's your superpower? Um, flying around. <laughs> I'm flying around, man. No. <laughs> Was there anything That'd that I really missed? It's really awkward because you're really tall. Anything I missed documentary-wise? Um, no. Huge, a great year for documentaries, though. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I apologize profusely. Um, <clears throat> You and I had really similar documentary lists. Mine was shorter. It was just Babies, Best Worst Movie, Gasland, Waiting for Superman, The Inside Job, and The Tillman Story. Okay. Yeah. Respectable list. It was. And I, I'm glad I watched The Tillman Story because I probably wouldn't have watched it had you not started it. And then I walked in and said, what is this? Yeah, man. That's a crazy documentary. Yeah, that was fact, really good, though. The fact that that even happened that way is insane. I would say out of all of them, um, Waiting for Superman was probably my favorite. And I don't mean necessarily favorite in that, like, oh, I loved it. It was more of a, it stuck with me, and it was like a leech, and I couldn't let it go. I was up till 3 in the morning writing a huge blog about it and researching and basically going crazy about what it meant. What it meant. Well, what, you know, what they show and they put forth there and put it out there, and they're like, this is what's going on. What are you going to do about it? It's definitely an issue that needs to be, you know... Discuss more than it is because it's. Well, you're you're um, a child of teachers, uh huh. And do you do you feel like this accurately represented what's going on in our school system? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's if charter schools are the absolute answer to all of the ills, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, the way the, the way our government is going, they're starting to limit the, you know, money going into education more and more when it should be, you know, we should be funding education a lot more than we are. So I'll keep this brief because I know we have to move on. Uh-huh. Um, I don't necessarily think that the answer is like you were saying in charter schools exclusively. I have to give some credit where credit is due in that my old high school that I went to for a year, Birmingham high was terrible. And now they're doing something called learning, um, specialized learning communities where it's like schools within the actual school like there's an arts program and you can certificate in that and then there's a technology thing and like a science program and specialized quote learning communities so people can actually get into it and hopefully not drop out and want to stay read my blog if you want to read more about it it's a long thing i I went on a diatribe you guys but moving on let's do it moving on yeah yeah we should we, we should start their list okay where's our drum roll
Oh. Hey, Mr. Drummer Drummer, you got out the rock band drums. Yeah, thanks for just totally blowing. It could be real drums. We could have real drums no, in here. No, because the sound is, isn't like that. It sounds nothing like that. If you did it on the coffee table, it would probably sound more like a drum. Or rain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going over our list. Yeah. We, 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 we actually wrote down our top ten in order. Yes. Starting with... Do you no, want to hear the stuff that didn't get in my top ten? Or is that, that, that honorable might, mentions? It might... Yeah, because it'll give away. Okay. At the end, we'll talk about our honorable mentions. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first with your number ten entry on your... Again, this is your favorite ten movies yes. of 2010. Not the best because you have obviously haven't seen everything. Right. Yes. That's our disclaimer. Okay. okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I'm waiting. What is your number ten? Green Zone. Green Zone. Yes, Green Zone. Green Zone came out really early on in the year, and I feel like it could be forgotten about by a lot of people who, you know, obviously look forward to what they think will be Academy-nominated pictures that happen towards the end of the year. But when we were making this list and I saw that, I went, oh, wait a minute, Green Zone. That's the one with Matt Damon and... Um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And that um, amazing guy who was, you know, an unknown character actor who worked with him, um, you know, working... Like as an Iraqi, mm-hmm. and uh, I then it st- started kind of all flooding back to me and how how much I enjoyed the movie and thought that it was well done. What I just re- remembered us going to see that movie and the reason that it's not on my list because I was so you remember what I was so angry about in terms of that movie. You were so angry about how. Uh, the, wait, go ahead. Yeah, sh- is it going to spoil it? No. Oh, the reason I I mean I thought it was a good movie, but the ending just really irked me because. A uh, very major character in the movie, like, travels, like, miles by foot <laughs> in a very short amount of time. He'd be like, how did he end up there? Yeah, he was like the Deuces Machina. Uh, I mean, he just, like, came out of nowhere at the end. You're like, well, where, how did he get there? And he ran I very think fast. I think it's funny that this upsets you, considering there have been so many movies that you and I have seen together. And when you're like, well, what'd you like about it? What'd you not like about it? And I sit here and I'm like, I couldn't go with that logic leap of when this happened and then that happened. It just didn't add up or make sense. No, and you this, were like, are you serious? This is a huge logic leap because he was an integral part <laughs> of the conclusion of the movie. Integral? Yes. <laughs> integral. Integrity. Integral. Anyway. So if you've ever seen the movie and you know what happens at the end of the green zone. Um, so what did you like about it? You just... Um, well, obviously, the acting, I think, was superb. Not just on Matt Damon's, but Matt Damon's good in this type of role, anyway, where he kind of is a badass, but not like a badass on the side of um, antagonism, like, he, you know, he's the good guy. And, um, but I really do think his, and calling him a sidekick is stupid, I just can't think of a better word, but his, you know, sidekick, the guy who assisted him um, um, as an Iraqi civilian, really stole the show and he was incredibly watchable. I'm sorry, Justin, I know about the logic loop is killing you right now, but, uh, he is an actor when he was on with Matt Damon. I think a lot of times stole it from him and that's hard to do because he, Matt Damon is Matt Damon. Uh, but beyond the acting itself, it was a story that was told very, very well. I was I was with Matt Damon on the journey. I didn't for once check out of it and be like, "Where is you were this you were going? in the and green zone?" Yeah, I was. I was like, "Is this over yet?" Like I could have stayed there and continued with him to find out what happens. 
There you go. There you go. That's Mexican movie, and you're into it. Okay. Your number 10. Respectable choice. Is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, let me do the drum roll. I'll do it for you while you're doing this. Okay. okay. I'll do it on the coffee table, though, so it's going to be a different sound. Okay, go. Splice. Splice. Splice is my number 10 movie. Um, 4K. Uh, well, you could pretty much just go back and listen to the episode of when we saw Splice. I think it was back in June. But if, anyone who's never hasn't seen it yet, and you like like really uh, uh, crazy sci-fi <laughs> kooky type films, Splice is something you should see as soon as possible, and and preferably with like a bunch of people. Preferably, would you grammar police? <laughs> Jeez, I'm gonna hit you with this thing. You can hit me. Anyway, I thought it was great. It's, you know, I love types of movies like that. And anything that once you leave the theater, you have to talk about for like the next couple hours with whoever you went to the movie with. If if that happens, that's like icing on the cake. And that's why I love Splice. And if you like Sarah Polly from Avonlea, you should probably see it for that too. Well, yeah. Well, she's in a different, very different from Avonlea, her Avonlea days. That's true. But Adrian Brody, um, who uh, I didn't like as much in Predators is really good in Splice, and uh, there's the <laughs> the Ren character. Do the Ren, your Ren, your Ren impression. I don't, I don't even remember my Ren impression, because I know the whole story, I just can't remember Ren's wow. voice. Honestly, I can't. What is she like? <laughs> I mean, I would imagine it'd be like... <laughs> that was it. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, look at Maggie. Special guest Maggie is giving me the sideways glance. All right, let's go to your number nine. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's keep it going. We are. Number nine, 127 hours. 127 hours? Yeah. There you go. And it's funny because when I first was writing it, granted, I've, I've had cold medicine quite a bit. When I first wrote it, I was like, 127 dresses. No, wait. That was a terrible movie, and that didn't come out this year either. I do mean 127 hours. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, it's the movie starring James Franco based on the um, – uh, outdoor enthusiast Aaron Ralston. Yes. Getting caught his arm in, under the boulder. Basically, I find that the movies uh, made my list are movies that really stuck with me. I already mentioned that Waiting for Superman stuck with me in that green zone. I was you know, very much into it the whole time. We joke about us, especially me, maybe having ADD. I don't think you're that far off from the truth. I think there are many times where I do have ADD and... This was one of those films where I didn't have ADD. I didn't start thinking about things I had to do or, you know, check out of it. And then when I got home, I was fixated on finding out more about Aaron Ralston and, you know, Googled him and watched videos about him in old interviews and stuff like that. And the credit to that is not just about the incredible story about how this guy is trapped literally between a rock and a hard place, um, but how they told the story and how the filmmakers put you there, right down there in that crevice with them. It was a great, great movie. Not for the faint of heart, by the way. During the part where he, I'm sure everybody knows, I'm not giving anything away because this was all over the news. Aaron Ralston has to amputate his own arm in order to save himself after being deserted for five days hanging out in the crevice. Two spoilers for the time we saw this movie. Um, we went to see like a Q and A screening with uh, the director Danny Boyle and the Beach, uh, one of the producers. But anyway, it got to the uh, uh, the big scene where uh, James. Franco's character had to actually saw off his arm, and Chrissy would not look at the screen. She punked I, out. I listened to it. You punked out. No. Like, why go see that movie and then punk out during the climactic scene? 
No, because I did watch... It was too real for you? No, I, I watched the part where he stabbed himself in the arm and you saw the blood gushing out. And I watched him with the pliers try to pry the, the tissue open. You don't spoil everything. <laughs> well, you know what happens. I mean, what do you think an amputation is? Like, that's what happens. Anyway, the sound design was really good, but Chrissy had her head uh, covered. I was I shielding got... her from the truth. Well, because... I mean, I, I heard it. I knew what was happening. I, I I didn't necessarily need to glue my eyes to the screen and watch, you know, the bone sever. So that was happening right next to me. And then right after that, I hear over my over my shoulder, like in the back of the theater, we're like towards the front, <laughs> is, is, there is there a doctor, doctor in the house? house? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were at one of those early screens before it came out where um, a couple people actually passed out during that scene in our theater. Like full on fainted. And they had to like carry them out. But they kept the movie going. Yeah, that was the stupidest thing. I'm it was so, so confusing because so, I was like, "Do we? Are we? What are we doing? They're not stopping the movie. Okay, there you go." I'm so used to working with kids. I almost corrected myself after I said "stupidest" and went, "That was the silliest thing." But honestly, it wasn't silly at all. It was stupid. The guy was like, "Is there a doctor in the house?" And everybody's kind of not watching the movie anymore. I'm looking back, like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And then all of a sudden, they were like, "House lights up! House lights up!" And nobody ever turned on the house lights. And then, like, they I guess took care of it. And we just went on like nothing happened. <laughs> That was bizarre. Yeah. There was a lot of people that thought that those things were being actually engineered or produced. Like, people were passing out on purpose for press and publicity for the movie. I think they were. Do you? Uh, in ours, I don't think so. Because these people were, like, old people that I could see passing out. <laughs> uh, they obviously couldn't just take the... The heat? Couldn't take what you... You wouldn't even look at it, so... But you weren't passing really out or anything. No, I was, I was still totally cognizant. But definitely a great movie, um... By Danny Boyle, who did Slumdog Millionaire and the Beach. Yeah. All right. So it's your number nine. Are you ready? My number nine is Kick Ass. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if you watched Kick Ass with me. Yeah, I think you did one time. I don't remember. It sounds really familiar. Kick Kick Ass is the movie about the kid that um, decides to become a superhero and he just. I did watch that with you, and like, there's a little girl with the pink hair. Uh, Chloe Moretz plays Hit Girl in the movie, yeah. um, and uh, Nicolas Cage is like perfect in his role as uh, Big Daddy. Um, Nick Cage was great. Who he, he pretty much used the Adam West voice from Batman for his every time he was uh, in costume. Hello, uh, you know, <laughs> did you watch Batman? So did you know that? The series? No. When Old I, series? No. I watched a couple of the movies, but no. What did you think of that movie? You can barely remember it, so I guess it didn't really stick with you. No. I thought it was great. I, th- I I remember that was a movie where I was like, oh, it has its funny parts, but it felt like it was way too long. And, no, it really did. And towards, I know you're laughing because I'm like the Titanic queen, but the reason that Titanic works is that it so envelops you that you stay with it, whereas this way, you know, one third, or I'm sorry, two thirds of the way through it, I was like... Another fight sequence. What a surprise. Oh, I was a big fan of the graphic novel. and uh, You're a graphic novel kid. Yeah, I thought it was a great uh, comic book uh, adaptation. I agree. If you're in comic books, you will like it. If you're not, you can, you know, skip it. Well, just the fact that, you know, I've seen, I think, movies where people have pretended and, you know, done okay. But this kid, he pretends and he pretty much gets his ass beat through, you know, most of the film. And, uh... I don't know. Anyway, it's number nine on my list. I, I've definitely seen it a couple times and loved it, so. Okay. All right. Uh, Good for you. Number eight. Number eight. Eight, eight, seven, eight. My number eight is How to Train Your Dragon. 
You haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon. Yes, I did. I saw it with you and Jackie. We were here. I brought it home. I watched it with you? Yes, we were here on the couch watching Toothless the Dragon, and we, and and Jackie was asking me, wait a minute, isn't that Craig Ferguson? And I was like, yes, it is Craig oh, okay. Ferguson. Okay, I, I guess I didn't remember, because the first time I saw it, I was alone. Oh. I, I saw it in the theater, 3D. Oh, no. I did not. You, dude, you totally missed out not seeing it in 3D. I probably did miss out see, not seeing it in 3D. It was a great movie. Very visually pleasing. Yeah. I had kick-ass dragon flying scenes. Right. And I'm, I'm a fan of any... I know it's a, you know technically a kid's movie, but I'm a, a fan of any sort of animated feature that works for both children and adults. I mean, if it's too adult where it just goes over a kid's heads, what's the point? It's supposed to be for them after all. And if it's a kid's movie where there's just, you know, it's fair, like, oh, 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 I'm Barney the Dinosaur. And as an adult, you're like, oh. You don't like Barney the Dinosaur? No. I'm over Barney. How to train your Barney. If I have to do one more Majin party where the parents are like, she loves Barney, I'm going to be like, we don't have Barney. Is Barney still around? Apparently, not, not nearly as ubiquitously as he used to be, but apparently some... Kids, I don't know what. I don't know if it's like hand-me-down DVD that they have or what, but they. <laughs> it could be it's like, like on the bl- the black market of little kids. <laughs> little kids got a little coat. You want some Barney? I got your Barney. <laughs> right. Have you heard of Barney? But sometimes I get that where I'm like, oh, do you have any special requests for music for your for your party? And, oh, she loves Barney. Do you have Barney? I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> no. You're like no. Right. Yeah. What what is that? Whereas nowadays, I get plenty of kids, though, where I hear their moms or dads tell me, you know, she really loves How to Train Your Dragon. I actually have a, two, uh, a couple of special kids whom you ask, you know, what's your name? Peyton. And you go, Peyton, what did you do today? And then she'll change her mind and go, no, 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 no. My real name is Toothless. I've had kids tell me that. <laughs> and if you haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon, you won't get it. But if you have, it's... Terribly funny, and you know that you both enjoyed the same movie. Which, how many can you say that of of both kids and adults loving equally the same movie? It's, it's a very good movie. I agree. I agree. Good job, Craig Ferguson. Yes, Craig. Good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Nothing. I think it's funny. How to Train Your Dragon. That yeah, and the fact that I you know may work there, uh, yeah. but he's never going to hear this. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. You want my number eight? Yeah. Are you going to do my drum thing oh, yet? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm running out of objects. I'm going to do it on my glass. Number eight is True Grit. Okay. <laughs> I never saw True Grit. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones on my list that you haven't seen. I Well... Actually, but you saw me watch like it. the last this, third of it. Yeah, it was around. Here's the thing with True Grit. I watched it the first time, and um, like some of the Coen Brothers movies, I was like... Okay, I thought it was solid. I thought it was good, but I wasn't like wowed by it. Blown away. Mostly due to the fact that the accents in the movie totally like threw me off. Number one, Jeff Bridges has like the deepest like he's got like gravel in his mouth while he's saying these lines like. (laughs) I was like, can I get me a subtitle version of this movie (laughs) just for him? And then Matt Damon, who I usually like Matt Damon a lot. Obviously, I like the Green Zone. I didn't like him as much in, in this because he was supposed to be a Texas Ranger. Yeah. And I thought he was doing like a Matthew McConaughey impression the whole time. He did sound like Matthew McConaughey. You're right. And he's done Matthew McConaughey impressions on like talk shows a lot. So I just kept thinking of that. I was like, this just doesn't quite work. Give me a line. <laughs> line read me. Let's go. 
I just I just think of Matthew McConaughey. Okay, so like give me like you can make up the line, but like something that happened in the movie and what it sounded like coming out of Matt Damon. Hey, 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 rooster. <laughs> hey, I don't even sound like it. <laughs> Aerosmith, you and me, baby. Three weeks. Just keep living. That's terrible. That's a that, terrible impression. I'm just saying, I hope that line was not intricate. Hey, Aerosmith. I don't know. Um, and then um, what was the other? Oh, uh, what should we call it? The the girl in it, Haley Steinfeld, is really good though. She's probably the best part about it, other than the fact that Jeff Bridges plays a great drunk in it. Um, was but, Brolin in that too? Brolin, that's it. There you go, guys. Brolin's accent <laughs> oh, no. in this movie is genius. He plays. It's like. Y'all, I can't even, I can't even impersonate it. <laughs> I was like, but, what is that? Anyone who's seen it, right, from his first line, you're like, what is he doing? And then you're like, he just like, it's like, it's not even him doing the accent. Anyway, True Grit, a great Western, better, even better the second time than the first. Um, great um, choreography by Roger Deakins, who's done a lot of their movies. Um, you're like, whatever. Yeah, I'm like nodding emphatically. Like I'll I make you watch it. Alright. Maybe sometime. Cool. Anyway, True Grit, go see it in your theaters. We can do that. Alright, here we go. What number are we on? Seven. Lucky number seven is The Town. The Town. The Town. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> is that Boston accent? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm totally failing on all accents. <laughs> Cool brothers need to put me in a movie. That... Oh, yes, they do. Okay. So, okay. The Town by Ben Affleck. Indeed. Ben Affleck is a, a good actor. We've known that for years. I, I mean, even in crap movies, he, he's still good usually in his part. Uh, minus Julie. I'm sorry. Notable exception. Yep. Yeah. And possibly that one with Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Uh, nonetheless, what a brilliant director he is. Yeah. Great little storyteller. And it's funny because back when he and uh, Matt Damon won the Oscar for the writing of Goodwill Hunting, uh, they said afterward, or somebody said, that Matt Damon really was the one who wrote the script and that uh, he wanted Ben so badly to be in it, he said, I'll give you writing credit. Mm-hmm. So for years, I probably had an unfair assumption that Matt Damon was really the more talented movie maker of the two of them and that Ben was just a good actor who got a good amount of credit for something he probably didn't put a lot of work in with. With regards to Goodwill Hunting. Whoa. Yeah. That kind You're of went. Fashion Ben Affleck. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that based on that tidbit of information I, I, I had heard back then, I assumed he didn't have as big a hand in it as it seemed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my, I must have been misinformed because he was so good in this as far as creating this world of um, Charleston. It was, it was like, oh, you are a good filmmaker and not just a good actor. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Didn't he have a hand in writing this too, if I'm not mistaken? Or yeah. did he write the whole thing? I think he wrote it, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked uh, The Town as well. I think he's a, a really good casting director. He is a really good casting director. Agreed. Gone Baby Gone um, oh, yeah. was his first one, and then he did this one, The Town. And both of those movies, you know, felt like they were, like, you know, meant to be filmed and the, the, the actors meant to play the roles that they played and he has a very eye out for people that are just like 
you know, scream, okay, they're from Boston or both of those know. films have a gritty authenticity to them. I think a lot of films try to be gritty, but it's almost too gritty where it's no longer authentic. Mm-hmm. This had a, a, a an like I, I said, a real gritty authenticity to it. And going into it, I was like, how many movies are we going to have to see about Boston? But when it was over, I was like, that was great. I want to see that again. And I actually do want to see that again. You got sitting right there. We should probably watch it again. Um, Jeremy Renner was amazing. He was, he blew me away. He was great. Blew me away. And I didn't expect him to. His, um, spoiler alert for the town, um, Jeremy Renner's, uh, death scene where, um, he gets into a big shootout with all these other cops, but right at the end, he, uh, finds this, like, cup. You remember that? And he, like, takes a sip. Oh, yeah. He's, like, sipping it out of the cup, just like, okay, I'm about to die. Well, yeah, I might as well ha- enjoy this. Let me have a little bit of some Coca-Cola first. <laughs> just the way he did that, I was like, wow, that's, re- he's really good. Yeah, and, um, what was the movie he did, uh, with Catherine Bigelow? The one where... The Hurt Locker. The Hurt Locker. He was amazing in The Hurt Locker, but I honestly, another person I kind of think I'd probably sold short was that I thought that was kind of him. He did him, just, you know, her himself, but in the, you know, Iraq War. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was, you know, yes, a person with a chip on his shoulder, but an entirely different character with an entirely different chip on his shoulder, and he did the part justice and probably outdid it, actually. So, good on you, Jeremy Renner. Yes, he is great. Good on you. All right, what's next? Six. No, you're seven, actually. Yes, my seven. I have to do your drums. Are you yes. ready? Seven. The Fighter. The Fighter. The Fighter, which we just talked about like a couple weeks ago, so you can pretty much go back and listen to my thoughts on that, but... Anything to add? In short, great, great movie. Saw it twice. The star of the movie is Conan O'Brien's sister, (laughs) who plays one of the seven sisters of uh, Mark Wahlberg's character. You can't miss her. Um, No, she's good, but uh, yeah, Christian Bale, which is probably my favorite, uh, you know, male performance... Of the year. Would you say um, he's one of your favorite actors? Christian Bell? Yes, in general. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. He's, uh, I mean, he was in Terminator and we, oh my gosh. We saw Terminator oh. on our, uh, when we were near Hawaii for our, uh, our honeymoon. Our honeymoon. 2009. And that was one of those movies where Christy and I watched and we're just like, uh, that was a mistake. When is this going to end? This is a mistake. Christian Bell yells all his lines. <laughs> and then we joked about it for like the next two hours after we watch it. But in uh, The Fighter, Christian Bell is great. Um, uh, Melissa Leo, Amy Adams, all really good performances. So yeah. Definitely one of my favorites. Agreed. Yay. Was not on my list. Not on your list. Not on my list. Why, not- why wasn't it on your list? Um, I It was in my, I was speaking my number 10 movie. Oh, uh, so it almost slipped in there. Yeah, it almost did. It was it, it was part of four movies that I was kind of eeny, meeny, miny, moeing to decide mm. what was going to be number 10. <sighs> eeny, meeny, miny, mo. That always... Ah! <laughs> no, honestly, the way I decided it at the end was, which one of these do I want to see again? Which 10 movies would you take on an, an island if you were to go onto like a tropical island and you could only take 10 movies from 2010? That's what this oh, is. Oh, yeah. this is what we're doing. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, moving on to number six, your number six. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, Philip Morris. I love you, Philip Morris. It was a great, great movie. And I had zero expectations going in because I didn't know what it was about whatsoever. I just knew Jim Carrey was in it. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. I don't think a lot of people have seen that movie because 
I, it, I, I think it barely came out at theaters at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And it was made like forever ago. And like, you, we never saw if we, it was going to actually come in theaters. And then you're like, it's a really good movie. I'm going to put this out there, even though it's not my number one on my list. Uh-huh. Out of everything that I have on my top ten list, if you are going to see just one of the movies that you have not seen, mm-hmm. seen see that one. Mm-hmm. See I Love You, Philip Morris with Ewan McGregor and Jim Carrey. They're both outstanding. And it's based on a true story. It's, and sometimes you almost forget it because some of the you know, shenanigans that that they get caught up in are so unbelievable that it, you're like, come on. Unless you're, unless you're homophobic. If you're homophobic, you probably won't like this movie because... I guess. But if you're homophobic, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast or be my friend because... We're both gay. Yes. For each other. Because we're both gay for each other. I'm a lesbian. Or, yeah. Or because we both have gay friends whom we adore dearly and believe strongly in gay rights. So Exactly. Yeah, you probably shouldn't even be listening. But an, ex- turn it off. an excellent movie. Really good performance by Jim Carrey. Like, I was like... Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, he was... It was right um, up there with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in terms of performance. There's... We're not even going to spoil it, but there's this point, like, three-fourths of the movie involving Jim Carrey in the story that he's telling, and by the time you're, he's done with your story, or by the time he was done with the story, Chrissy was so angry at the way it turned. <laughs> yes. She was so, like, I thought I she was really going to get up and walk away <laughs> because it was one of those, like, the movie had, like, worked her over a little bit and made her feel something. Way, yeah. And then it just turns, and she was like, what? It was like they literally set up this <laughs> entire The rug premise. out from underneath you. Yeah. And you go along with it, and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, my God. If you're me, you have a severe emotional reaction. And then, I mean, they, they spent so long, like, setting up that. It was like a, a house matchsticks, and then somebody went, flick, and burned the whole thing down. And you're just like, yeah, WTF. Like, you're yeah. really yeah. upset. His performance during that portion, and, you know. His you, narration is perfect. You and McGregor did... You know, great. He oh, he's great too. He was kind of like the um, the more straight man out of the two man, but um, no, he wasn't. In terms of the two characters in the movie, he was he was always the one being pursued mostly in the movie. But anyway, great movie. Yeah, Hugh McGregor. By the way, his mannerisms are so perfect as far as playing a homosexual man is concerned. Where it was just like. Everything, right down to, like, his fingertip placement to, like, how he cocks his head and stuff like that. And ne- it's never over overboard. It's not too much. He's not playing it to the hilt. But you're just like, oh, my God, you're the perfect gay man. It's amazing. Love it. Watch I Love You, Philip Morris. Got it. All right, Justin. Number six. Number six for you. My number six, Shutter Island. Wow, only number six. I know. Here's what's going to happen as we go a lot higher. We're going to be overlapping, but I know a lot of people didn't like Shutter Island. Wrong I, with them. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I loved it. I loved it too. I saw it twice in the theater. I saw it twice too, right? Did I see it twice with you? No, I saw it once with you and once with my mom. Oh, okay. Yes. Great, great movie. I just want to say, people, if you're listening to this and you didn't like Shutter Island, can you coherently explain to me why? Here's the thing. I think a lot of people didn't like the 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 way the movie ended because the way the movie ended kind of said something about all the mo- the movie beforehand. Yes. And I guess people were kind of miffed 
that they, you know, didn't get it right or, you know, they got it exactly right. They're like, oh, I knew how it was I knew good. all along. Yeah. I hate people I, I don't that. understand what people say. I knew all along. Like, I knew five minutes, five minutes in how it was going to go. And I was like, you know how the entire movie was going to go? <laughs> what are you doing? Nostradamus? Like, watching movies all the time? Yes. But the whole time I was like, this is great. You know, yeah. uh, like a, a Hitchcock movie from Scorsese, which is like, you know, right. that's like my ideal film pretty much this is a great movie to watch more than once because you watch it the first time and the whole time because you know based on the trailers that there's going to be some sort of twist and you're wondering what the twist is and you're trying even if you're trying to consciously say no shush let's watch the movie your subconscious is not your subconscious is constantly trying to figure out what the twist is and where it's going that being said um as the movie unravels and everything plays out it blows your mind and then when you see it the second time you see so many things that you probably just didn't notice the first time that substantiate the outcome. Yeah. I think it's even more of like one of those types of films than Sixth Sense was. Where you watch it the second time, you're like, oh, okay, I missed that and that. You watch Sharon the second time, you're like, whoa. So many obvious things, too. I am blind. Yeah, no, seriously. How did I miss all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really big stuff, too, where I'm like, how did I not notice that whole time that the orderly is telling him, don't look at him, don't look at him, look at me, don't look at what are you doing? It great. only makes sense if you see Anyway, that. great movie. <laughs> All right, Justin, you are on. <laughs> okay, keep going. Number. No, wait. Are you, no, it's you. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I forgot that. That was your number six. Your number five? So, yeah, my number five. All right, here we go. Black Swan. Black Swan, number five. Number five. I have texture issues, y'all. So that's why I was honestly, swear to God, that's why I wasn't higher on the list because when she started like sprouting feathers or like she had that rash or the goose pimples, I was so grossed out. Like if so, if anything, like a glass, I, I did this or I went shopping with Jackie today and we had glass, we saw glasses that had like little bumps all over it. And I was like, I either don't want to touch it because I'm freaked out by it or want to, I can't stop going like this and like brushing it with my hand. I would never be able to just hold that glass and drink from it. Of all the things to... Texture <laughs> issues. To place a movie on a list, <laughs> according to... No. I have texture problems. That's why this is number five on my list, guys. No, it's because, I mean, I, I really enjoyed every other aspect of it, but the texture issues make it impossible for me to put it higher than five. Um, well, I'm not going to spoil and say where it is on my list, but... Uh, yeah. But what do we think about Natalie Portman being pregnant? Oh, yeah. By the dude from the movie, the guy that played her, um, not the choreographer director guy, but yeah. the the actual male dancer that was her partner in the film. I'm going to put this out there as somebody who did a lot of dancing over the years. People underestimate how close you get to your dance partner. because you I don't know, underestimate it at all. They got really <laughs> close. Yeah. Well, because you have to trust that person implicitly. And if you're working on a performance, you're with that person anywhere from four to eight hours a day. You know, so when you have that amount of time with one person and you do have to trust them implicitly, you get to know that person inside and out, quite literally, physically and mentally and emotionally. So in bed. Yeah. I mean, unless you hate the person and you're like, I can't wait till this is over. I never have to dance with him again. You know, you, 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 you start really working together and working as one. So it doesn't surprise me that they had a romantic relationship. Yeah. Now that I know this news, I want to watch it again and be like, was that the moment where she, you know, they fell in love? Was this the moment where he's the guy that dropped her? Um, yeah, three fourths of the way through the, or towards me. the end of the movie. Yeah, I was like, that must have been it. He dropped her, and he's like, 
yeah, she still likes me. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened, Justin. And then the, she was pregnant. Mag- Good on you. Magically. How she like you know get pregnant and then fall? Well, I just they, want to know how they filmed Natalie, that last year. So <laughs> I just want to know how Natalie Portman's been, body is capable of supporting a pregnancy because she's so thin. Yeah, well, she probably ended the movie and then she started like eating as much as possible, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so happy with all this food. I might as well get pregnant." As well. We know she's vegan. She is vegan. She is vegan. Well, she had those like shoes. The, the, oh yeah, vegetarian shoes. She does not buy leather. But she says she she purportedly eats her weight in hummus every day. Was she was she weigh ninety pounds? Ninety pounds of hummus? Yeah, no. Uh when she did the movie she got down to like ninety five, ninety eight, but she normally is around um between one oh five and one ten. Well like one ten. Anyway, now that she's been sullied, her her name amongst the lips of men everywhere <laughs> has been lowered. You know. What is it with men and women get pregnant? And they're like, oh, she'll never be the same again. Like people did that when Jessica Alba got pregnant. They're like, I don't care how hot she is, she will never be that sa- the same and never be hot again. And she's definitely hot again. Well, it's just like in the movie, she's not she, she's not perfect anymore. She's not virginal. She's been. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes so high, you guys, you can't see, but they are literally in the back of my. I skull. thought about lowering Black Swan on the list just because she got pregnant. You know. Are you? I I almost swore. I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Well, you lowered it because you don't like textures. <laughs> Touche. No, I, I didn't lower it because of that. But anyway, great, right. great, great movie. Surprise it's so low on your list. It's not low. It's number five. Of the top ten of the year. All right. Ready? You're My number, number five. five. The Social Network. Okay. Is my number five okay. movie. You know what? Let's just get this out of the way right now. No, 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 no. That's my number four. Because it was right after that I was going to go anyway, so. Okay. That's my number four. It's your number five. Go ahead and why is it your five? High five! Like minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love The Social Network. It was great. What made it great? The story or Alan Sorkin's writing or what? Uh, Aaron Sorkin? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, his script, like, amazing. Like, amazing that it could be so fast, so, like, inventive for the subject that it's covering. Like, I, I remember getting this, or reading the script, uh, like, last year, and I you came up to you, and I'm like, Chrissy, you won't believe how good the Facebook movie's gonna be. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. I like, remember being surprised, because was like, you don't even like Facebook. What do you mean the Facebook movie's gonna be amazing? But I love Aaron Sorkin, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance, let me read it, and I was, I read it in, like, one night, and I was like, this is amazing, like. Yeah. Well, this is why I'm sad that. Um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip didn't survive because... Well, that's that show sucks. Well, no, it definitely had its problems. But the writing was witty and quick. Mm-hmm. and it, Which is another reason that everybody who I know who watched the Gilmore Girls loved the Gilmore Girls. It wasn't Aaron Sorkin, but it still had that witty, really fast rapport back and forth between Rory and Lorelai. And that's why people watched. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Sorkin wrote a great script. David Fincher, you know, took a movie about Facebook and made it like, really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the actors, you, you know, to, number one, being a David Fincher movie meant that they had to do, like, 90 takes every scene, because that's the guy he does that does that. What do you think about that? Is that too many takes? No, James Cameron does that, too. David Fincher allegedly does it so he gets people tired, and he thinks that they're better actors when they're tired, and they just, you know, they're not a, thinking as much about the lines by then. interesting philosophy. I think it would depend on the actor with whom you're working. Some actors, I think that's probably true, but I think that would be true of me. But just imagine them doing this movie, like all their 
dialogue is so fast, especially Jesse Eisenberg, who plays Mark Zuckerberg. Right. I mean, he was great. Amazing. He was really good. So. I agree with you. And uh, you know who else was very good? But he's pretty much good at everything he does. He can almost do no wrong as Justin Timberlake. That's the thing. I was less impressed with Justin Timberlake um, than I thought I was going to be, and apparently as many others were. Really? Yeah. I guess it, it kind of deals with, I guess, the character he played. He was kind of supposed to be like the, you know, the rich boy kind of, you know. Schmuck? Schmuck. Did it just not, like, ring true to you? I don't know what it was about it. I was, I guess I was just impressed by everyone else that I wasn't as impressed. Andrew Garfield oh, yeah. was the one that really surprised me, because I... I hadn't he's seen. Eddie? He's the, he, yeah, he's the one that played the friend. Yeah, he he's the he's playing. Uh, he's the next Spider Man. No, so, but do you know who was perhaps more impressive than any of these people we're talking about? Is the one dude who played the the, the twins. Oh, Winklevoss, one the of the Winklevoss. Yeah, the Winklevoss twins. Yes. Uh, Army Hammer. Yeah, he was really good as well. He was very good, and he there was a distinct difference between the two twin characters he was playing, for sure. Fasha. Anyway, uh, a lot of people uh, are thinking that Social Network is one of the ones that's going to be up there in terms of Best Picture for Oscar. Really? Well, I forgot they're doing ten nominations now, so that oh, it should might definitely be one of the ten. Yeah, but I keep pe- forgetting. People are saying it's one of like the like the favorites right now. That's a mistake. Really? Not the Social Network. The ten nominations for Best Picture. Uh. I, they're looking for viewers. They they've had a problem keeping viewers, and if they can include more. You know, popular films, as a as opposed to the you know niche, um, arty films that a lot of the you know. But it dilutes the importance of earning an Oscar when you have ten nominations for best. Best denotes best. Not these were all pretty good. Oh well. I mean, I don't really give credence to the Oscars. Okay. Either which way, I mean, it's it's a popularity contest. That's true. So. It's a publicist contest. Yeah, it has a lot to do with your, you know, marketing and your publicity department. So. Right. All right. So you're number four, because that was, it was your number five, my number four, so now we're on to your number four. Okay. I'm sorry, I need to... <laughs> you're, oh. you're lax on Well, them. no, because I put them down because I knew it was Nina going next, but never mind. Okay. All right, my number four, my favorite top ten movies is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Not on my list. Um, We've reached the part of my list where... My top four movies are pretty much almost equal. Like, I have a definite number one. Uh-huh. But my next three, they could have been my number one because I like them so much. Got it. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, a lot of people didn't see when it was in the theater. They should have. It was a good movie. You should go, yeah, you should get the Blu-ray, buy the Blu-ray, buy the DVD. It's it's amazing. It's a great movie. And I think it's important to say that you should see it on Blu-ray as opposed to regular DVD or on Netflix streaming, definitely, because it's so aesthetically powerful and pleasing yeah. you you should see it um in blue right in all its glory no, another it fast time. movie as well yes i enjoyed it very much it got an honorable mention for me i'm just not a comic book girl so that's why it's not on my list but it did but, get an honorable mention but it's not like a comic book like a uh, superhero comic book it Agreed. you know it's which is why book. it got an honorable mention i i didn't enjoy it very much i just enjoyed 10 other movies more yeah what did you think of mike michael sarah in the role of scott pilgrim I, it could have just been himself, to be honest. Like, you know. Why do people always say that? Because that's, that's Michael Sarah. That's the essence of Michael Sarah. He, you know, the kid who wears the hoodie, who doesn't eat very much, and but then stuff his face with bread and goes, bread makes you fat? Like. But he doesn't, like, 
he's not a super like a guy that kicks a bunch of people's asses no. for a girl's hand or but whatever. That's what made it so good because you were like, this is so Michael Sarah. If Michael Sarah suddenly decided that like he wanted to win the affections of a girl and it were possible to have this sort of lifestyle, you know, come to life of being a superhero, except not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just thought I can't imagine anyone else doing the role. All right, I loved it. Obviously, it was number my my number four film. Is there anything you didn't like about it? I can't think of anything. I mean, you wouldn't saw you wouldn't see it in the theater with me. You probably remember me going, "Awesome! Like, this is amazing! <laughs> this should be nominated for an Oscar." No, I didn't say that. You did too, Chrissy. Don't please do not lie. I don't, why would I lie? I never said. I would you never say something like that. No, you didn't say anything about Best Picture. You said it would be nominated for some sort of Oscar. Oh, well, the visual effects are amazing. Yeah. See, I'm not lying. <laughs> but I don't, I'm talking about what I said while I was watching the movie. Like, if I like a movie, I'm not going to say in a theater, this should be nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> that's not no, the kind of person. you said it in the car. That's not home. the kind of person I am. No. Well, well, I was talking about what I said during the movie. I understand? Dude, I'm, I'm just, calm down. You know, I'm totally calm. Ow! Abuse. Uh, where are the sticks? They're here! God, how am I supposed to drum if they're over there? I don't know, movie geek. You suck. You suck. All right, what are we on? Three. Did we do oh. number four? Yeah, mine was social network. Oh, okay. All right. Toy Story 3! Toy is, Story 3. Which is number three. You know what? What? Also my number three. Yay! <laughs> this is the first one that we've actually had the exact same number for. I know it took us to the to the number three. I think our number one might be the same, but I, it took us to to our number three to get uh, equal footing on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you haven't seen Toy Story three, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And if you need a new like a good cry, oh. watch Toy Story three. I can't even say like, oh, it makes sense if you haven't seen Toy Story three because perhaps you don't have children. I could say that for How to Train Your Dragon. Perhaps if yeah. you haven't seen that movie, you don't have children. You don't need children to go see Toy Story 3, you guys. You don't. Like, go grab your friend, go grab your mom, go grab your dad or grandpa, and go see Toy Story 3. I know it's not in the theater anymore. Just grab the DVD. Yeah, it's on DVD. So so good. I think it's my favorite out of the franchise. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Toy Story 1 was fabulous. Toy Story 2 was pretty good. Um, Toy Story 3 takes them all. And that usually doesn't happen. You know, how often does the sequel, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where it steps over, you know, its predecessors. It stepped over its predecessors. (laughs) There's a better word for it. But how often is, you know, do they do one movie and then another movie, you know, like five years later and then another movie, like, I don't know, was it like 10 years later or something? Well, they tried that with Terminator. It didn't really work out. Oh, don't bring that up again. I'm just saying, it didn't work out. It's a classic example of how not to do that. Anyway, definitely one of my favorite Pixar films they've done. It helps that the same actors came back, too. It would not have worked with different voices. Yeah, but then they added, like, uh, you know, there was more of Barbie and Ken. By the way, Michael Keaton as Ken. If that's not (laughs) proof that the man should have more comedic roles... I mean, I don't understand. He was so good. He's so good. And like, who played wh- Lots of Bear? Um, Ned Beatty, I think. He was great. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I, I know. I'm, I'm like, like, let's go turn it on now and watch it tonight. Yeah, let's watch it now. Forget the rest of this podcast. Oh, yeah, we're we're going to go to Toy Story 3 now. Bye, guys. No, um, we won't. We'll do the, the top two. 
but I, I'm not kidding, Jess. I think we might have to turn this on afterward and just like snuggle on the couch. Is that cool with you? Yes. All right. Well done. Awesome. So now I have to do number two since that was both of our number three. Um, it, oh, I'm doing for your number two? Yeah. All right. Shutter Island! Shutter Island! Which was your number six, and I know we have already discussed it. And there's a whole podcast on it, I think, on here. So, yeah, because we were like, dun, 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 dun. That's another thing. After we went to see it, (laughs) I would be, like, random times, like, in the day, or like... (laughs) (laughs) You would. It was so funny, though. Because you'd be, like, brushing your teeth in the bathroom, and I'd come up behind her, and I'd go, (laughs) bong! <laughs> Didn't you annoy the dogs with that for a while? <coughs> I think I put it on a mixtape of yours. Did I put it on a CD of yours? No, I put it on yours. Oh, the actual song from the I score. Because I remember, because I was like, you had to identify. We played it through, and I was like, identify this, identify that, and it started out because it starts out very slow that song, and you were like head cocked to the side, eyes kind of squinting, trying to figure it out. After about ten seconds, you went, "Is this a song from Shutter Island?" <laughs> It's a great song. Good score. Good, good song to get you in the mood for your with your special. <laughs> I like to play that song and the 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 same similar song from Inception at the same time. Both Leonardo DiCaprio movies. It works out. Dude, Leo had a good year this year, man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was a great, you know, shout out on great movie. Two thousand ten, the year of Leo. All right, the return of Leo. Okay, so now we're on to your number two. Yes. My number two. This might surprise Chrissy. My number two is Inception. What? Inception. I am surprised. You know what? What? You might be surprised because we're in the sub sub dream level, and I, you know, I planted it in your mind that it was going to be a different number two, and you're surprised. Oh, then I know it's your number one. Let's talk about Inception. Okay, yes, Inception. Because. It is your, it's my number two movie, your number one movie. We haven't gotten that far yet. What? Well, just. By process of elimination. Exactly. <laughs> He's right. It is my number one movie. Why is it your number one movie of uh, 2010? It was, it was the best movie of the year. It just so was. So if, if, if you, if you were to go to a um, tropical island now. Yes. Only take 10 movies. Oh. But if you only took one, it'd be Inception from 2010. From 2010? Oh, yeah. yes. For sure. Okay. Uh, the, the, I don't have a single complaint for this movie, and I think I, I either saw this two or three times, and um, now I want to see it again because it again I I adore movies that you can watch repeatedly and notice things you never noticed before, whether they make a difference to the plot or not. I mean, but you get brownie points if it does make a difference to the plot. You know, and you go, oh, I never knew that before. But even if it doesn't, even if it's something simple, I get a kick out of that sort of thing. I do. I feel like every time I see a movie that I love repeatedly I'm seeing it again for the first time through a different look and oh Inception's awesome by the way can I just plug the Inception app for a second if you have an iPhone or an iPod touch no it's awesome get it it's free basically what it does is it plays things uh from the score which is great and it uses the iPhone or iPod touch microphone to augment uh sound that's happening around you and it uses the sensors of the phone or iPod to know what you're doing. If you're still, if you're active, if you're driving, it knows. And it actually will say, like, you are active. And then it creates a soundscape that you listen to with your earbuds 
Um, if you're sleeping, they have a sleep one. And it happens automatically. You can't control it, which is why they call them, like, dreams. It's awesome. It just sounds like those CDs that I used to buy for my grandma that they have. <laughs> like, the sounds of the rainforest. No, because you can sounds control of that. The, of the, of the, the humpback whale. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is different because, A, you can't control it. And, B, it knows what you're doing. Like, it tailors it around you. So just, if you're, like, taking a crap, you, like, hear, like... You are crapping. Pooping sounds. Like, it comes across the screen where it says, you are crapping, and then it becomes like that. No, just have, like, crapping sounds, but, like, echoed in your ear, like, no. very, very faintly. I did it once in the car, and it said, you are traveling. And it created a traveling soundscape. Probably because you have, like, a locator device on the app, and they know where you are. And the cool thing is... is there's that a camera on you through the app looking are, at this you. This is my favorite part, is that in the beginning, it, there's like what look, it looks like blackness with one simple thing that's been uncovered, and it goes, you have to uncover the different quote-unquote dreams, like the sleeping dream, the traveling dream, whatever, by doing those things, and then they'll light up. And it saves, by satellite picture, it's creepy, where you were when you unlocked it. So like this I have, is this is too big brother for me. I, dude, it's awesome. I'm glad, I, well, I'm glad it's I like it's not like this. of you and your face. It's like the building that you're in, and from like Google Maps. And so I have like three on there that says you unlock the stream in Hollywood, California, and then my traveling one says like Studio City. It's awesome. Dum <laughs> oh, why was it your number two? Huh? Why was it your number two? Because I like my number one better than my number two. Okay, well, not negatively, positively. Why was it your number two? Um, uh, positively, uh, because, you know, it was the movie that I went to see, like, three times, no, two times in the theater, yeah. and third time on DVD, and I want to watch it, you know, a couple again, more again. times. Yeah. Because it's, like I said, like you said, it's a dense, dense film. Yes. And you pick up new things that you missed, and, um. I, lo- I like its density. You do you, like its density. You are my density. My density has popped me to you. <laughs> this is a quote from my favorite film, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yes. Um, but yeah, man, amazing. And and I'm so glad that we were there to, for the Q&A for it with, oh, with Christopher Nolan, who... That was the coolest thing ever. If you've ever, uh, you know, seen a Q&A or an interview with a guy, he's very slick. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a very slick dude. So uh, I'm very... Um, what did this take him, like, 10 years to write? Yeah, it took him like he, he he wrote a little bit, then he said he like actually put it in a drawer. Yeah, put it away. Away, and then he came back to it, and uh, that's probably why it was so great. It wasn't rushed. If you could go online, you could see uh, there's like a he posted his there's like a, a sheet of paper where he did all the dreams, so he'd keep each dream wow. world in check. Because watching, you're like. How in the hell did he keep this all, yeah. you know, because it in goes... because the music even makes sense, because the way they explain the slowing of time, the speeding up of time, the kick to wake yourself up, it's just intricate. Yeah. Love it. And so good. Yeah. Any movie like that can, you know, keep you interested and make you want to talk about it more with friends. Agreed. Anybody who hasn't seen it, if you want to come over, I will watch it with you. <laughs> Open invitation. <laughs> like some random people come to our door. <laughs> you said... <laughs> I'm here. Well, we will have moved by that point. We are moving, everybody. So if you come over to our old apartment because you randomly found our address, I'm sorry, but we won't be here. I know. We're moving. All right. All right, so you're turning to do your number one. Yeah, it's probably probably known by you, but yeah. my number one, Black Swan. Do the math, people. You knew it was going to be Black Swan because he hadn't said anything yet. It was my number five or six. So. Black Swan. And like I said, I almost dropped it to number two because Natalie Portman got pregnant. 
But then I'm like, that's wrong. I would you have jumped, jumped up Inception to number one if that would happen? Probably. Or, you know, like I said, Inception, uh, Black Swan, Toy Story 3, and Scott Pilgrim were pretty much close. But well, that was going to be my question. Was it at all close to a tie? Black Swan, what put it over was the um, the lesbian sex scenes. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Justin, you could watch that for eight hours at a time. No. <laughs> at and least you, four. You know that's not even my favorite scene. My favorite scene involves <laughs> Winona Ryder. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. And the craziness that happens. I just think it's, you know, it's an amazing film, man. Like, it's a... Like, man. It is. I love that a ballet movie is your number one movie of the year. That kind of makes me really happy. Well, again, I thought of that in the back of my brain. I'm like, let's make Chrissy happy and put this as number one as well. But no. Uh, Did you think that was going to be my number one? Um, No. I thought it was going to be one of the, the Leo movies. You were right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, if you haven't seen Black Swan, go see it in the theater. You know, it's it's definitely, like, I mean, obviously it's my favorite film of the year. But Natalie Portman had my favorite female performance of the year. Well, you have a crush on Natalie Portman. Uh, not as much now, but... (laughs) (laughs) Now that she's carrying a baby, a parasite... That kid's gonna be, I guess, a pretty good dancer. Kid's gonna be a cute kid. Little brunette cutie. But now he's... Now that kid, like, years from now, is gonna be able to watch Black Swan and be like, this led to me, guys. (laughs) That's gotta be kind of weird. Well, it's gonna be weird for Brad and Angelina's kids, too, to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. True. Yeah. True. Or if they want to, like, talk about Jennifer Aniston, that's going to be awkward. Yeah. Poor Jennifer Aniston. Wah, wah. Wah, wah's right. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. We're selling Charlie it, Brown's teacher be... now. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, 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 wah. So you had some honorary uh, mentions that didn't make your top ten. True. What, what were they? I think we've discussed some of them. Um Easy A, I felt was excellent, much better than I anticipated that it would be. I thought it would be funny movie, but really kind of like a, a teen comedy sort of thing, and I liked it a lot. What do you think of Emma Stone and her star power? I think I like her much more than I like Lindsay Lohan. And they, what? let me explain this. <laughs> so that's like saying... You know what, I like her more than I like that piece of crap sitting over there on the road. No, but before Lindsay Lohan went on a bender, she would, she was getting a lot of the parts that now Emma Stone is going to get in her, you know, inebriated absence. They, they play not a, similar not, roles. Not a natural redhead, though, uh, Emma Stone, in um, Emma Stone's case. She's a blonde. Is she really? Yeah. I didn't know she was naturally a blonde. She, she makes a great redhead. She's in the next Spider-Man movie, and she's got her regular blonde hair, so. Interesting. You know, um... Our BFF Kim is natural blonde, but is a redhead. Some people just look better in red. She's more brunette. Kim? Yeah. No, Kim's blonde. Okay. There All you right. go. What other movies were on your honor you mentioned? Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole was depressing, but well done. Um, it does have certain moments where you're like, that seemed unnecessary. Or how are we jumping around from this to this now? Or at the end when you go, well, what's the conclusion of this whole thing? Yeah, but if you take all that aside, which I know sounds strange, if you take it as a slice of life movie, a slice of sad life, then it's very good. Because slice of life don't have an ending. Yeah, it just seemed like this, I mean, it was based on a play, but it seemed like it had the second act, but that was it. It was basically, okay, where is this going? Right. Okay, not much anywhere. 
And generally, much. I hate that. I can't stand open-ended movies. But if you take it from the very beginning that this is a slice-of-life movie and not necessarily something that's going to have a pretty package with a bow tied around at the end, that it's much more tolerable that they leave it open-ended. Nicole Kidman. She makes it. Has her... Her face is getting vexing, though. There's something just... She's beautiful. I know she's gone a little far with the Botox. Yeah. Botox aside, because really the only affects the, the space in between your eyebrows. And well, I feel like her emoting scenes in this, that she was hindered by her face. You think it was that? I thought she, that she was just playing it as being... Um, a little colder, a little icier. Not cold. I mean, yes, cold. But not, but that's not the word I was looking for. Um, what is it where... Un-nuanced? Un <laughs> Wouldn't it be like de-nuanced, like declawed? <laughs> yes, she was declawed. Yes. Okay. Rabbit Hole, um, The Fighter, which I know is on your list. Yes. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. I just enjoyed the other movies a little more. And, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay. Um, what did I have? Just, just because we like... Excuse me. <laughs> telling people what's good. Uh, MacGruber was on my list. <laughs> That was terrible. You really hated MacGruber? I thought it was terrible. Oh. I thought it was one of the better Saturday Night Live movies, but obviously... It was an SNL skit gone totally wrong and and totally too long. It did go a little too long, but I just love that they were... They pretty much went went with whatever they... Like, as outrageous as possible. Just it was no Wayne's World. Uh, I didn't think it was Wayne's World either, but... I liked it enough to put it in my top 20. Um, I love you, I love you, Philip Morris. We already talked about. Uh, Greenberg. Um, Never saw Greenberg. Yes. It's, a, it's definitely a drama more than comedy, but Ben Stiller. I wanted to see Greenberg. Uh, Monsters, which we saw together. Cyrus with uh, John C. Riley and Marissa Tomei. I forgot about Cyrus. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Cyrus because it should have been on my honorable mention list. I just forgot about it. I love John C. Riley, guys. Me like, too. Love, love, love him, and he is great in Cyrus. He's Mr. Cellophane. He was in Chicago. Cellophane, but yeah, he's you know always good, but he's really great in Cyrus. And uh, let me in the uh, yeah. re- the kind of American uh, version of the book, but it was also a, a Swedish movie beforehand. Let the right one in. It was, I. Thought long and hard about putting that on my honorable mention list. And the reason I didn't is because, although it was good, I still feel that the foreign version was better. So I didn't want to, like, even get into it. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Obviously, I love the Swedish film. But I thought this was also great. And it had it, it had moments that were its own. And, uh, like, the whole uh, crash car crash scene. And Let Me In is one of my favorite scenes of the year in, in any film in 2010. Yeah, that was good. The car crash scene. I know what you're talking about. Amazing. Look it up on online. But better yet, rent, rent the movie. Yeah, no, don't watch it out of context, you guys. Watch the whole movie. Because if you watch it out of context, you'll be like, okay, what's Justin talking about? No, it, it, the movie's worth looking at. I agree. Seeing. I agree. What else you got? What else? Uh, that's, it. that's it, man. Awesome. I have, I'm just going to cite it off, we don't have to discuss it necessarily. Uh I have a list of things I wanted to see, but didn't see. Why? It's an open invitation to people who, if they want to see this, they can see it with me. 
Okay. And a lot of them are like easy comedies because we, we watched a lot of heavy movies this year. Wait, you already have somebody coming over to watch Inception if they like. Now you're giving that them too. other... Hey, I have enough friends. The movie love can go round. And here's the thing. We watched a lot of dense movies this year. We really did. Not necessarily all dramas, but we watched a lot of dense movies. And there are a lot of fluff movies I really wanted to see and didn't see. Oh, by the way, now dense movies? Yeah. We did finally see Step Up 3 <laughs> for Allison's sake. She told us to watch it. Sorry, Allison. It was just okay. The second one was much better than the third one. I agree. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. All right. To your movies. Uh, really did, quickly. Did not see. Go. How do you know with Reese Witherspoon? You again with Kristen Bell. Eat, pray, love. Despicable Me. Sex in the City too. Just because you, as a woman, you you kind of you have to. If I you will, watch the show, you have to. I will not see that movie. I know you won't. Please give Date Night with Tina Fey. Oh, okay. That was an okay movie. The Tourist, uh, which I heard was bad, but I still want to see it with um, Angelina Jolie. The King's Speech, which we have as a screener, but we haven't watched it yet. Um, and then a couple of screeners, um, sorry, not screeners, what am I saying? Documentaries. I want to see a film unfinished quite a bit. Uh, Joan Rivers' piece of work, Every Little Step, and Waking Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Now Why are you, you laughing have the, at me? I just love that you're like, I've got to tell everyone what I haven't seen, but I want to see. I do, because I feel like that's important in case you were listening to this and go, what was it Every Little Step in her top ten? Because I haven't seen it, but I want to. <laughs> Justin's laughing at me, like silent laughing. I just think you're funny. I really do. I really want to see every little step, and I really want to see a film unfinished. Well, you can add that to the list of everything that we have to see on our Netflix queue, which is growing larger Exceedingly long. I've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix Instant lately, though, and that's a really cool feature, now that I have it on the Xbox. What do you think? There's a large assortment of movies that we can watch... At our fingertips. <laughs> at fingertips. It's at our fingertips. It's tactile. When, when you were a kid, you you obviously had the dream, you, as did I. What if we could watch anything at this moment, any movie we wanted? Just I had a high regard for what would eventually be the internet, and I think that I knew that that was always an eventuality. I was that kid when I watched commercials, they would be like, and you could look us up on AOL, keyword... Nick Jr. or whatever, I'd be like, okay, and I'd go online and look up the keyword to whatever it was that I wanted to get more on, and I was was voracious for, like, random internet crap. So I think I knew that that would be eventuality. I'm forgetting, I was a total kid nerd. Or nerd kid, as the case may be. Don't let the blonde hair and blue eyes fool you. Like, yeah. total nerd. So you were big in keyword hunting, apparently. I was. You were like the Indiana Jones of keyword No, hunting. I would sit there on my computer and be like, <laughs> I'm a fan girl. <laughs> what does it say about Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> yep. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> Real time embarrassment. No. No, I'm just kidding. Although I did hoard videotapes of clips that were on Entertainment Tonight, and before there was The Insider, there was other shows like you know Access Hollywood and whatever it was, Entertainment Show Du Jour. If they showed clips, or if I knew in advance they were showing clips of movies I really wanted to see, I would tape them. And I so have wait, like, back you, to you back. hoarded these clips. Yeah, because I would keep the same tape in the VCR at all times in case a clip came on, and I would very quickly press record. So I have whole videotapes where it's just clip after clip after clip of, like, you know, trailers coming of Titanic or news about what's going on on the set. Or I watched the entertainment shows every night just for that, and I would go into chat rooms and see what they were saying about what happened on the East Coast feed before it aired on the West Coast so I could know whether or not I needed to watch it that night and possibly tape a little 
five-second segment. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I think it just scared Justin into a divorce, you guys. This is like that time. This is like the Titanic. <laughs> the Titanic date. No, it wasn't even a date. We were with my one of my best friends, and he decided to drop that Titanic story. He's thinking it's a different Titanic story. I've, I've got more than a few Titanic stories. No, this one was very surprising, just like the last <laughs> story that you just said. Hey, when you're a 13, 14-year-old girl and you are obsessed with something, sometimes you go crazy. Yep. A little crazy, apparently, yeah. So, so 2011... <laughs> It's January 1st. It's it one one eleven. We should make a wish. I just did make a wish. You have to wait till 11-11. Oh. Only 9-14. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we, well. I, we, I think we've decided that we're going to try to watch more new movies this year. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, it's been fun, guys. We watched a lot of 80s movies. Woo-woo. But, like, it's time to get into the 2000s. <laughs> Hopefully, not obviously every week, but we're going to try to watch, like, a new movie and an old movie, because there's still a long, long list of really surprising movies Chrissy has never seen. So. I agree. And and so you can kind of look forward to a series of double features where it's, like, old movie, new movie. Woo! We're going to watch Godfather this year. We are. Definitely. Okay. What else? Lord of the Rings. Okay. Chrissy's never seen a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> Yay. And in the past, she's been very averse to it, like... Almost violent averse. Like, don't talk about that or I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> like, I was trying to tell him about the, the two towers and, and the ring, and she's like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Don't That's talk to cool. me. I think we need to have a Harriet Pot- Potter a thon and uh, watch. Harriet Potter? <laughs> Is that Harry's younger sister? No, it's their new landlord, Harriet. No, a Harry Potter a thon where we watch all of them, like one day, and then oh. we do a podcast. I haven't seen them. It's true. You've never seen Harry Potter. There you go. Um, so, yeah. Things to look forward to. So, yeah, we'll try to watch more new movies. And I think we might have one or two special episodes where we turn this on its head. Why not? Because by that time, I will be a bona fide movie geek myself and make Justin watch one of my favorite movies that he's never seen. No. Center stage! Coming to a podcast near you! <laughs> wow. I'm like yelling. No, I'm not. About Center stage. You're yelling. Okay. Your well, face is yelling. It was a fun year of movie watching. I agree. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Yes. Good times and bad. We welcome your feedback. Totally. Yeah, totally. We're also going to try to get more guests. Yes. And if you want to be a guest, write in. You may be a guest. Who knows? Tweet us back, yo. Tweet us. I'm sorry I'm not on Twitter as much. I'm more of a Facebook person myself, but I try. If you If you say something to me on Twitter, I will reply to you. Michael Moore... Talk to me on Twitter, and I replied to him. And I was like, Michael Moore was talking to me on Twitter. It was the real Michael Moore, too. It was awesome. I think he was more hitting on you, but... I don't think he was hitting on me. Oh, yes, he was. You really think so? Based on what he said, you think it was hitting on me? Yes. <laughs> he can hit on me anytime he wants. I think Michael Moore is awesome. What? He can. Sorry, Jess. He, he can. He's Michael Moore. It's the same thing goes for Barack Obama. Barack Obama can hit on me anytime he wants. It's okay. I kind of hope he doesn't just because that would do a disservice to Michelle, and I really like Michelle. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right, we're done now. By the way, speaking of Twitter, if you want to write in or just hit on me, I'm at Chris Winters, K-R-I-S Winters. I know I always say I'm Chrissy McQueen, by the way, but that's my maiden name. Winters is my married name. And Justin's laughing. 
Justin is at Justin Winters, all one word. You can find him at dudemanfatphat.com. And you can find yours truly at fetchingandkvetching.blogspot.com. If you're not sure how to spell it, just Google Chrissy and the word fetching and you'll probably find it. Wow. Done and done. A lot of words. I'm not changing the name of it. It's fun and it's cute. You just have to learn how to spell it. Justin Silent laughs at me a lot, y'all. You can't, like, see him, but he's laughing a lot. I was thinking about uh, starting a new blog and calling it <laughs> Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> just to, just imagining people trying to get You'd it, be surprised get it right. how many people read my stuff considering that it's hard to spell. I'm not surprised at all. You're very talented. Oh, I love this man. That's, that's right, Michael Moore. You can't hit on me. I've got a great husband. That's right. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the whole entertainment tonight, Access Hollywood <laughs> clip reel thing. Oh, we're going to go now. <laughs> Good night, oh. everyone. Good night, guys. Thanks for Happy listening. Happy New Year. <laughs>